2: It's 5 o'clock
3: on the most listened to sports talk show for your ride home. What? What? It is time for the Falcons report. Guns it. Caught. Touchdown Atlanta in the end zone. Caught.
4: Touchdown. You shall.
3: Five o'clock Falcons report.
4: Oh my heaven. The five
3: o'clock Falcons report is brought to you by Jack Daniels. Make it count. Jack Daniels, please drink responsibly. It's sponsored by MD Anderson Cancer Center on Dukes and Bell. We are Dukes and Bell. We start off every day and every hour by saying, hey man.
2: man that's what i like to hear
3: it is good to have our people down here on the south side we are at ace hardware we've been having a great afternoon tony wrestler came on earlier hawks owner you're going to hear it coming up in 20 minutes and a lot of guys just hanging out man getting a chance to see some familiar faces and then some new faces right mike my man right here he was like yeah i just went got my psls i'm gonna be at the game (laughs) nice he said i'm gonna be at the game well you know what we got to give you something to be excited about we're talking about our falcons guys because The Combine is going on. There's a lot of conversation about all the Georgia boys doing so well and showing out at the Combine. What are the Falcons going to do? Now, our brass is there. Tony, uh, or should I say Terry Fontenot, has been there uh, all week long. He spoke to the media earlier this week, Mike. We did not hear from Coach Art.
2: Maybe. And a lot, by the way, a lot of listeners today, a lot of guys who showed up, I talked to three or four guys who said they're a little disappointed sure. that you don't get to hear from the coach uh, this time around. Well, Not that he's going to give you any secret sauce, but I guess people want to get the idea of knowing what your co- guys are looking at.
3: Other coaches spoke, right, this week. I mean, mm-hmm. there were other coaches, and, right. and I'm not going to kill Coach Arthur Smith I think they just want Terry Fontenot in front of this because he's the guy that's going to be making these picks and he's the guy that's going to be team building. And when you start talking about what the Falcons are going to look like down the road, Mm. this is the vision, or at least it will be, of Terry Fontenot. That doesn't mean Arthur Smith's not involved, but I think, Mike, if he's speaking, you know, you kind of say, well, Mm. what's his vision and what's coach's – they're collaborative. They're they're going to be working together. But I agree. I think we should hear from him. Uh, there's no doubt about it.
2: And uh, yesterday, we we're moving kind of moving on the narrative with Jalen Carter. And I think look, if a number of teams pass on him, I was talking to a guy just earlier. I don't think Jalen Carter is going to be there at eight. I think this thing is kind of moving on. I don't think I thought there was going to be more inertia nationally on this. It's not so far, and I think he's handled it the, as best he could. So I think Jalen Carter is still going to go first to the Bears. I think at the end of the day, after all the things about the Bears talking this and that, and then I think Bryce Young goes to the Texans. You think it's going to play differently? You think someone's going to make a home run swing to get up to number one?
3: Chris, let's play Courtney uh, Cronin, who came on our show yesterday. She covers the Bears, and we asked her about this, specifically about the Carter arrest and whether the Bears are going to take him number one. This is what she told Mike and I about their plans.
5: Yeah, I think it's still probably too early to tell like how this is going to affect the draft board for all 32 teams and especially those teams that might be interested in Jalen Carter, because we don't know outside of him going to Athens yesterday, turning himself in, being in jail for like five seconds and then getting, you know, bonding himself out, like, and being released. Now he's back here in Indianapolis to complete his interviews with teams and do his measurements and, you know, height, weight, all of that stuff. We don't know if that's really going to affect How teams view him until we know more about like the the charges at place and what other information may or may not come out about this but the one thing I had heard you know throughout yesterday and you know well until late last night was that a lot of teams had no idea that this this arrest warrant was coming and I'm curious to know if Jalen Carter did because You know, from from what I had heard that, you know, some of the people representing him were unaware that this was going to get dropped when it did yesterday morning around 10 10 o'clock when he was supposed to speak at 1030. And, you know, frankly, it worked out well for him that it happened before he got to the podium because that would have been, you know, an absolute mess had he gotten up there and this news comes out. So, I mean, there's still a lot of ambiguity around this. And I would imagine by the time his pro day comes around, in a month, he'll, um, you know, if he, if he chooses to talk then, it's probably because things are more sorted out. He's probably more confident about, you know, his name either being, you know, uh, not associated with this situation anymore or getting the assurance from teams that they're still interested in him at, that, at one of those top spots in spite of what he'd been charged with.
3: Courtney Cronin covers the Bears for ESPN. She joined us. That was yesterday. To your point, Mike, about whether or not it affects his draft status, today Kirby was speaking for the first time, Kirby Smart telling reporters today that his, his program does not have a culture problem. His response, absolutely not. I would uh, say we're far from it. When you talk to people outside of our program that come into it, they talk about what a great culture we have. We do an incredible job. He's defending the program right. obviously because I've got a lot of outside entities that come into our program and pour into these young men. Do we have perfect young men and women and players? Not necessarily. But I promise you this, Kirby Smart saying that is the intent for us to grow these guys Mm. and get them better. And I feel really good about the culture within our program. So first time we've heard Kirby in all of this stuff this week.
2: He's defending it and saying, listen, we don't have a culture problem. Well, the one thing is, you know, you talk about young people and everyone wants to throw the NIL conversation into this, and you and I were talking about yesterday. Yeah, if you give somebody the – these kids have earned it because for years nobody got any money for making all these these ratings and TV money for the conferences and the schools, so now you have the ability to drive a 700-horsepower car and let's be honest you're in college you weren't making great decisions i don't know when i was 18 or 19 and now you've got access to that kind of vehicle look as we said yesterday you could drive a honda civic like a maniac if you wanted to but that's part i'm not even talking about that the culture that i'm talking about is when nolan smith runs the 40 you see his teammates who not technically aren't teammates anymore because they've all left georgia yeah. going bananas there's that connectivity that's a phrase that kirby has used and i get it they're going to have to dial they got to dial it in a little bit and i'm surprised that you know if you don't think they're going to maybe behind closed doors but kirby's not can give you the satisfaction of saying that and I guess in his comments today
3: no uh he was talking about you know still a lot of guys are struggling emotionally from the mm. tragedy uh listen Nolan Smith broke down at the podium earlier this week when mm. he was talking about Willick right mm. so he says quote we have uh, 130 football players in our building that are hurting and been dealing with a lot of pain uh we're emotionally supporting those guys and their mental health and we've had several players that have struggled to come back after the parade and have had a really hard time dealing with this so He's talking about you know the Willock and Chandler families, right. the two individuals that lost their lives. But this is Kirby's first comments um, since the incident happened and certainly since the arrest warrants right. were, were put out for Jalen
2: Carter. Now, when Jalen Carter goes to the NFL, I mean, look, at some point, at some time in his life, there's going to be litigation because gonna like a lawyer, the, the burden of proof in a civil suit, as you guys know, is different from uh, criminal proceedings. And someone's going to come at him. And he's going to cut a check to somebody or, or, or maybe both of the families. And that's that, at some point. But that has no bearing on the football side of it. The guy's still a tremendous athlete. For purely looking at it that way, I don't think to Falcon fans who feel this is going to hit him all the way down to eight. I don't think that's going to happen. Now, the other side of the Georgia equation at the Combine is what Nolan Smith did yesterday and running a sub-4, four, 440. And now a lot of people are saying, now – Maybe I want my own Micah Parsons-type transformative player, but is he that guy? Is Nolan Smith – we know he's a leader. Could, would you take Nolan Smith at eight if he was there?
3: Yeah, of course. Bingo. I mean, here's why, and I said it earlier, Mike, I just think you know, there are certain qualities you look for. Listen, Terry Fontenot was telling us, right, these last few weeks, we're, we want certain guys in the building. He's talking about the makeup of individuals. You're always going to have a couple of knuckleheads. It's just the nature of it. But I need more leaders and guys who are mature than the knuckleheads. Right. Right. Because ultimately, those are the guys who have the bigger voices in the locker room. This Nolan Smith kid was a guy who didn't even play <clears throat> and had the biggest voice in the locker room. So I'll take him in a heartbeat on the Falcons, not only from a talent standpoint, but just from a maturity standpoint. And both said this earlier, and I kind of agree with him. If you're telling me right now that they're both on the board, and I hope they are. Jalen Carter, disruptive defensive lineman, a beast. You're going to have to double-team him and account for Mm. him. And Nolan Smith is available at eight, who runs a 4-3 and can run sideline to sideline. You can move him around from the middle to the left to the right, just like they do in Dallas with with Micah Parsons. I'm taking Nolan Smith because I think he Mm -hmm. can have a bigger effect on your defense because of his versatility.
2: And the other thing, guys, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but we still got free agency. You may go get a guy like Hargrave from Philadelphia. You know, maybe things fall apart with uh, Deron Payne at the uh, Washington. You can still go find a tremendous star defensive tackle next to Grady, and then it allows you to get that edge guy. And let's be honest, Patrick Kearney, Vic Beasley, I mean the Predator went to trade, John Abram, you can count the elite pass rushers we had on this team, Carl, in the last 20 years on one hand. Yeah. You know, Rod Coleman, but that's about it. So imagine getting that thing and getting in the sack business instead of being one of the worst teams, getting the quarterback on the ground for another season.
3: It's Dukes and Bell at Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. We're live down on the South Side. Make some nice
2: studio audience. Come on.
3: We're down here, Ace Hardware, <laughs> Old National Highway. It's been a great day, man, meeting so many great folks mm. down here, hanging out. Mm. We do have a, a literally a guys hanging out listening to the show, and we appreciate you guys. Look, we got
2: a guy in a truck yelling at us. Hey, man. Hey, man. What's going on? <laughs>
3: <laughs> he stops in the front of the building. Um,
2: Sir, you're creating a navigational hazard. Please move forward. Yeah, yeah. And, and the police right down the street. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: Um, the other thing today that we've talked about, and, and this all gets back to, again, the combine and NFL teams evaluating Stetson Bennett. He addressed uh, his Oof. incident January 15th in Dallas as uh, cops were responding to calls about a man pounding on doors early in the uh, morning hours.
2: Well, he couldn't find his way back to his VRBO.
3: Listen, we said this. How big of a deal is this? Does Stetson have to address this? Yes, I, I, he's going to have to. He did apologize, but I want to play this for you again for those who are just joining us today because I thought there was, it was meh. Yeah, it was. It was meh.
4: Take a listen. Um, yeah, it was, Uh. you know... Uh, a mistake that, um, you know, everybody's aware of, um, you know, I understand, uh, you know, why that can't happen. Um, you know, it was, uh, I've talked to coaches about it, talked to GMs, um, you know, apologized to my family. That's who I, you know, felt worse about. Um, felt like I let them down uh, because no matter where I go now, um, you know, And even without all this, uh, you know, I've got uh, an obligation on the fourth. Um, You know, can't do that if uh, your last name's Bennett, um, and I know better.
2: He's a legacy, but like we all know what this guy's about. And for guys, I, because anytime we go down this road and we dissect a uh-huh. conversation, people say we're getting a little over the top. But let me just break it down for guys out there, especially for younger people who don't understand this stuff. You know, it was an embarrassing moment, but guess what? All he has to do, first off, who are you working with? Who's your representation? How do you not practice this? Let's stand in front of a mirror for two or three times. You go get up in front and go, "Hey guys, uh-huh. terrible moment for me." Really stupid. It was dumb. I-, I shouldn't have been doing what I was doing. I was overserved. But that's one moment in my life. I'm a natural born leader. I took the Georgia Bulldogs to two championships. I was a guy that looked adversity in the face. I've climbed my way back to be a starter in the SEC. That's all you got to say. Hell, I didn't even play there and I can say what he should be saying. Hire Mike Bell. I mean, it's I should, you know what, Stetson, Bennett, let's have lunch and I will straighten you out because you sound like a nitwit. Uh, I'm a Bennett. Uh, uh. You've had two months to figure out how you're going to present this. To these guys who may get who may think, you know what, he is a guy. He's not AJ McCarron or Greg McElroy. He can be a star in the NFL. I will take a shot in the fourth round or the third round. Sounds like a nitwit. Like being great. Coming up. Set
3: a parade. He's not great at it. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Steve. Stop. Coming up. We're gonna hear from the owner of our <clears throat> Atlanta Hawks. Tony Wrestler stopped by, guys. Listen to everything he said because we asked him everything you wanted us to. It's next on Sports Radio 92.
4: The Strong Arm Story of the Day is brought to you by John Foyt Associates Personal Injury Law.
3: Talk to the owner of our Atlanta Hawks. His name is Tony Ressler, and he joins us here exclusively on Dukes and Bell. And Tony, first and foremost, good afternoon. How are you?
6: Hello. I'm better now. I don't know. Something was (laughs) going on with the phone.
3: It's all good, Tony. Thank you so much for joining us. I want to start, I just want to allow you to clear up any misunderstandings about the organization when it comes to Travis's situation or Nate or anything that you might want to clear the air on because I think there's been a lot of stuff out there and we haven't had a chance to hear from you. So I'd like for you to do that first.
6: Well, I appreciate the the opportunity as they say. Uh, I thought giving an interview in the beginning of the season and at the end of the season was enough, uh, at least for the ownership, because frankly, I thought most people prefer to hear from the GM and from the head coach and from the players uh, about how we're doing. But in this particular instance, obviously, I should have spoken earlier. And the simple answer is I thought our basketball operations could be run better than it was. And I thought we could have far more communication, far better collaboration, which, of course, would lead to far better decision-making. And that's why I made the change. Um, And for what it's worth, I think our front office today, led by Landry Fields, And his assistant GM, Kyle Korver, is running much better than it ever was. Couldn't be more delighted. And they came to me wanting to make a coaching change, explained to me who and how and why. I embraced it entirely. And for what it's worth, Quinn Snyder is our new coach. And I couldn't be more delighted with what's going on in our front office, Uh, particularly with Landry, Kyle, and Quinn. And I think we have, uh, again, Rome was not built in a day. We certainly believe we're moving in the right direction. But we are trying to build something special. And it's going to take us a while. But we're moving in the right direction, and we couldn't be happier.
2: It is Hawks owner Tony Ressler with us, guys, on the WadeFord.com hotline. You kind of touched on it, Tony. But a lot of our listeners were asking, how involved are you in the decision-making process? You know, is it leaving it, it to the basketball folks, or do you call up? Especially you've given up all these contracts, I know you're expecting results.
6: Well again, under the category of not speaking publicly that often, my job is to put the best people possible in charge of both business operations and basketball operations at the Atlanta Hawks. And our front office has made every meaningful decision made by the Atlanta Hawks, which I have challenged and embraced ultimately. But our senior professionals make all of our most important basketball and business decisions. And my job is to challenge and make sure we have the best people possible in the senior-most positions. And that's why I made the change, and it's the people in charge that are making those decisions. And I'm supporting them, I hope, every step of the way and trying to certainly make sure we run the best business that we can run.
3: Tony Ressler, our guest here on Dukes and Bell. Hawks owner, Hawks play the Blazers tonight down at State Farm Arena. Tony, one of the things that's been reported, and I want to get your thoughts on this, your your opinions on it, is that your son is, is a part of our front office now, your son Nick. And I'm, my question to you is, does he have power-making decisions or decision-making power for the organization?
6: The, the simple answer is no. But more importantly, whoever – listen – I appreciate that if I don't speak publicly, other people can create stories for themselves or for others. This is a big business. I have people in charge that I think are superb. I actually think my son's doing a fantastic job helping me understand or better understand both our business and basketball operations. But we have a GM, and an assistant GM. That's disrespectful to them for you to uh, say that for however that has gotten created. Uh, It's an untrue statement. It's actually unfair to the folks that are decision makers. And the good news is we have the most collaborative and communicative front office that we've ever had. And so I guess I like I'm to, giving yeah. you a long-winded answer. I'm <laughs> saying no, no, it's not no, true. No, what I want to well, Tony, here.
3: Th- Tony, that's what we <clears> we want <throat> to ask. We want you to be able to answer the question because only you know. I mean, we've asked I've the got owners, I've, I've got partners.
6: I've got partners, I've got owners, I've got other senior management. Please understand, you should accuse me and have every right of making bad decisions. <laughs> but please don't accuse me of delegating the decision making. Uh, that could happen at some point in the future, and I promise you, if it does and when it does, I'll tell you very clearly that I'm no longer in charge.
2: Gotcha. And, again, a lot of this goes back to an article that came out in The Athletic about uh, two months ago. That's what we're talking about where the whole conversation got started. Tony Ress with us, guys. <laughs> uh, what about Trey? We talked about responsibility and leadership. Do you think he is uh, bringing that to this team?
6: Trey's an incredible player. Uh, but when it comes to how... And which players to talk about and the basketball, what we're trying to achieve on the floor, what we're trying to build. That's what Landry, that's what Kyle, and that's what Quinn, and frankly, that's what the players should be talking about. But if you're asking me, am I a fan of Trey Young? He's extraordinary. Um, So we have to, as a team, and we have to, as a franchise, get better. That's what I'm trying to do.
3: Where does the leadership come from? In your opinion, being the owner, overseeing all of this, and and you talk about having collaborative uh, collaborative front office, where does the leadership come from?
6: Well, again, this is one of the reasons I actually appreciate having a few minutes on this. Listen, um, my role is to make sure I put the best possible people in charge and delegate to them the most important decisions and challenge those decisions. And when people suggest we run this organization in any other way, uh, I take exception because it's just not true. So the idea of having the best possible basketball operations led by Landry Field, that's what I tried to do. Having the best possible business operations led by Steve Coonan. that's what I tried to do. And hopefully that makes our franchise move in the same direction and, and very simply ownership. A front office, a coaching staff, and a roster, that's all communicating, that's where better decisions get made.
2: Obviously, to give a guy like Quinn Snyder that kind of contract, and by the way, congratulations on getting Quinn Snyder because he was going to be a hot commodity yeah. in the offseason. You, you basically skunked the rest of the league if they were going to hire Quinn, uh, and uh, I know we already talked a lot about the decision-making process, but uh, when they mentioned Quinn Snyder, were you, were you like, yes, let's do this, and was it also about salvaging the season, not also just looking ahead to the next year and beyond?
6: I don't know if it was salvaging the season, but uh, taking responsibility or credit for bringing in Quinn, just please understand. Uh, I brought in Landry, who elevated Kyle to be the assistant GM. They came to me and said they thought we should make a coaching change for a whole bunch of reasons that made sense to me, and then decided who they wanted to speak to, who they wanted to go after, who was their first choice, and how they wanted to go about it. I embraced their perspective entirely, and. We are where we are, and I must say, I'm delighted. So uh, I do think Landry and Kyle thought a change was necessary. I do think uh, we're trying to walk before we run, as they say, Uh, but we couldn't be happier with uh, Quinn as our head coach, and uh, I congratulate Landry and Kyle for making that happen in the right way and uh, in the right fashion.
3: Tony Ressler does not do this, guys, and I want to be clear. He said he speaks at the beginning, at the end of the season, but today he's making an appearance on Dukes and Bell because he thinks it's important for him to speak to Atlanta and the fans of the Hawks to let you guys know what's been going on with his team, and I want to point that out, Tony, so we thank you. Um, Are you you disappointed that you gave out all of these big contracts and we've not gotten the results? You've taken care of a lot of guys on this team, um, and, and we've not necessarily built on the momentum that we had just a few seasons ago.
6: Uh, I look at it – this is a business, and as far as I'm concerned, it's a business that has uh, such an obsession for me and hopefully for many of our fans. Uh, I'm just upset that we're 500 right now and that we're – I'm not upset about any contract. I'm upset that we're not uh, maybe as good as we could be uh, because I think every single player, from what I could tell, every coach, uh, every member of the front office, uh, everybody wants to be better. That's the nature of the NBA. That's the beauty of the NBA. So my frustration is just uh, at least today I feel like we're moving in the right direction, and I do feel we could be better, and yes, I'm trying to put people in positions of authority that I think can make us better.
2: Tony wrestles with his guys, talking about the Hawks in action tonight, right here on the game against the Blazers. I know that uh, we've talked about uh, your role in the organization. You delegate, let the guys pick the right guys, let them do the work. The idea of the luxury tax. I know it's kind of top-heavy in the league. When Herder got traded to Sacramento, it kind of the perception was we didn't want to get in the luxury tax. Do you have as, as an owner parameters when your general manager says, "Okay, now is like a poker game. We got to go all in," or because at some point we maybe need to spend to get better results?
6: I've never in my life suggested we make a trade to get in or out of the luxury tax. So there should be no confusion. Never. Uh, My view about the luxury tax is uh, delighted to be in it for the right reasons. And as far as I'm concerned, if we're in the luxury tax, I hope we're a better team. And I'm prepared to go into the luxury tax whenever our, shall we say, senior most professional think it's a good idea. So and anything to the contrary right. would be untrue.
3: Okay. okay. And and that luxury tax question has been asked a lot. And, and, again, hearing it from you clears things up. Is there anything you want to tell Hawks fans, uh, the supporters of this team, and people who absolutely love this team and, and with all the turnover change that's happened, is there anything you want to say to Hawks Nation?
6: Well, I, I think I owe an apology that uh, we did make a change at the head of our basketball ops, and I didn't speak publicly about it. I, I thought it was just a statement of the obvious, which is I was trying to do what I thought was best for our franchise and for our front office. Uh, but to suggest that anyone else made this decision, uh, it, it's just uh, one untrue, and I deserve to be criticized for the decisions, but not for delegating any of those decisions or, uh, or hiding from any of those decisions. And that's just untrue and inappropriate.
3: That is Tony Ressler, owner of our Atlanta Hawks, exclusively here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. You got a chance to hear what he had to say about a lot of the things that you have been wondering about. Coming up, Chuck Smith's going to join us. We're going to talk more about the combine, who he's seen, who he likes, and what it means for some of these Georgia players as they've been balling up there in Indianapolis. It's Dukes and Bell on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. The music sounds familiar. Maybe the time slot doesn't because Chuck Smith normally joins us earlier in the show on Fridays. He's been a busy man. Yeah. Making his
2: rounds. The combine going on this week. (laughs) And again, we're on the south side, so we figured we'd put Chuck in prime
3: time. Chuck, it's good to have you on, man.
4: Uh,
3: (laughs) Hey, before we get rolling, I know you're making your way. We had to move your time today, but I think it's just a cool thing that you're at, and I wanted you to be able to to tell our listeners and Chuck Smith fans what's going on with you this weekend. Where are you at,
4: man? Hold up, I'm not in prime time at 220. <laughs> of course you are. Hold I mean, up. The whole show is prime I time. Mean, I mean, the whole
2: show is a ratings hey, grabber, Chuck. So but this so is a so more key uh, position.
4: Uh, hold, hold up, the hold whole show. No, no, day, Bo Carl was like, yeah, man, you know, 220, that's our most listened to spot. Like, oh okay, okay, it so is. I didn't know that. No, I'm it truly like, is. Okay. Right. Now y'all just said prime time, man. Man, don't listen mean, to Mike. Don't listen to Mike, man. Okay, to Mike. I gotta, I'm man. just saying.
2: But now you're going to help build our, up, our, our uh, 5 gotta o'clock gotta hour.
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nah, but now nah, I'm just jiving with y'all, man. I'm just out here in Vegas. I just got to Vegas. I'm at the uh, Raiders Team Hotel, man. My boy Max Crosby is getting married tomorrow, man. So I'm out here for, for a wedding to see my guy and his lovely bride, Rachel. You know, uh, take that next step.
3: It's a, it's a wonderful thing. Uh, Max Crosby, by the way, one of Chuck's clients right. he goes helped. back
2: to an out- get guys ready for the draft and developing their talent.
3: Yeah, and he worked with him. So that's oh, yeah. just a cool thing, man. We wanted to put it out there because some people are like, Where's Chuck? And we wanted to let people know. All right, speaking of the combine, let's just talk about let's just yeah. talk about what we know. Nolan Smith crushed this it's thing no. yesterday, Chuck. I mean, he he destroyed Free. it as a as a defensive lineman, as an edge guy, or however you want to define him. Four three? Come on, man.
4: Mm-hmm. I ain't surprised though. That's why he was the number one player in the country years ago. I mean, that's why. Listen, that's why. Even when he was injured, you see him in first round mock draft. I mean, the dude is is something special. Let me tell you what's crazy about Nolan. What I love, he's always had that engaging personality. I met him when he was in high school. Been knowing him at Georgia. Have had a chance to do pass rush stuff, you know, with him, you know, earlier in the year. But let me tell you what stands out, man. This dude's personality and his love. Listen, he is the he now. What he did on the combine yet? What yesterday for Georgia? He becomes the greatest ambassador for the University of Georgia mm. that I have ever seen. And his personality is infectious. And uh, get a kid a lot of credit. I mean, he blew that thing away. And know what? The first thing they tell, let me and let me ask y'all this:
2: When he came to the line, did y'all say, "Damn, he is swole up"? <laughs> <laughs> right i mean it looked like it looked like uh, you took vaughn miller and like carl lewis and put them together right
4: oh you ain't lying man lord have
2: mercy <laughs> all right now chuck here's the big here's the sixty-four thousand dollar question uh regardless i think jalen carter i think he, he performed as best as he could under some difficult circumstances presuming that carter is still going to go before the falcon select is Nolan Smith going to be there at eight? And would you then take Nolan Smith when we draft him, have a stud like that and how his game translates because he was injured. We didn't get to see him all the time at UGA. Yeah. Is he a perfect fit for the Falcons?
4: Um, I don't know if I'd say a perfect fit because you already drafted what you thought were going to be perfect fit. I'll say this right now. i say one of the things with Nolan, it's going to have to be the right team. See, Nolan, listen, the way now, I'm not, I'm not saying he's going to become Micah Parsons, but I don't know. The same situation with Micah Parsons that came out years ago, well, where do you play him at? The team that gets Nolan Smith has to play him like Micah. He has to be off the ball rushing, he has to be able to hit the A gap. You've got to line him up on the edge as an outside linebacker and play in defensive end for him to thrive, because that's the kind of athlete he is. If you just line him up at outside linebacker, you're, you're doing a disservice to him. If you just put him at defensive end, that's not how you want him. So for me, looking at how the Falcons are going to play their defense, it's not a good fit for him. He's a New England Patriot type of guy. He's a Pittsburgh Steeler type of guy. I don't mm. see him fitting in there, but and if he goes top 10, man, I love for Nolan to go to the Falcons, but I don't think the Falcons are a good fit from the scheme standpoint because Nolan's too unique to go in the scheme that's going to line up in one spot. Chuck, let's talk about some of the other mm.
3: guys that you've had a chance to uh, mm. work with that are currently at the Combine. The kid from Northwestern, um, I, I know he, he ran a 4-5 yesterday as well. Um, and, again, look, yeah. we, we, we are – Privy to Nolan because we've had a chance to see him at Georgia. Some yeah. of these other guys, we haven't watched as closely. Tell us about some of these other
4: guys you've had a chance to work with. Well, I had a time from uh, Northwestern. You know, he's a super freakish athlete, you know, and I think his production, now one of the things they're going to go back and look at now is where is his production? You know, why, you know, does he pop off the tape? And I'll just say that he's raw. He's raw in my opinion, but he's, you know, that's what he did. You know, yesterday speaks for himself, but I think he's raw, and I think that's gonna look at. But his upside is super high. Now, I mean, I love the kids. We you know we put in the work this summer. You know, we kind you know, stay in contact. I was able to help him and coach him at the Senior Bowl. So I mean, he's a guy that's dangerous. And Keon White, he showed up, did a really good job in the field drills at Georgia Tech. I was happy about that. You know, and some of the guys that, you know, I mean, just you know, the guys. You know, it was a, it was a great day for you know, people in our pastor's family and and guys from Atlanta, you know, all around, Mm -hmm. I just think it was a a really good day because there are a lot of guys that are at other schools, you know, besides Georgia and the obvious, like Byron Young from Tennessee, the Alabama guys did good. You know, especially for the SEC and ACC, it was a heck of a day.
2: And uh, speaking of the ACC, you talked about Kalijah Cansey. You were on him on Tuesday, the defensive tackle, and he put on the fastest yes. uh, 40 time we've seen Ooh. in about uh, 15 years. Man, dude looks amazing.
4: Hey, Mike, you know it's crazy, and you know you being a Florida, you know being a Florida guy, you know where he's from, Florida. I think in Nolan Smith from Florida. Listen, yes, mm-hmm. Florida athletes kind of built different, man. <laughs> hey, hey, you can go. I don't care where you go. I mean, yeah, but you know they call him cool. Out of pit, he's going to be a three-technique, get-up-field kind of guy in the base 4-3 defense. I mean, super quick, twitchy, you know. Um, I really like Koo. Good guy, too. But like I said, mm-hmm. another one in Florida, dude. They only got to train damn near. My, hey, Nolan, listen, Nolan Smith was going to run a full, full, full and all that stuff no matter what. I mean, mm-hmm. dude is next level, and so is Koo. you know. We're talking with Chuck Smith here on Sports
3: Radio 92.9 The Game. Combine's going on. We are talking about all these D-linemen, edge rushers, trying to get a feel for what we might do. And we'll
2: probably draft Paris Johnson, an offensive tackle. Stop it. Stop it.
3: Uh, (laughs) What we might do with the Falcons. Uh, Chuck, real quick, Mm -hmm. man, before we let you go, because I know you're out there with your boy, and congratulations again uh, on him getting married and and all of that. I am with my wife. wife. Me and the
4: wife. Awesome.
3: Y'all have a good time. Mm. Free agent-wise, I just want your analysis on this. We've been talking about this this yeah. week. Yeah. If we go sign a defensive tackle free agency, and now we can't, you know, more than likely get Deron Payne because they franchise-tagged him, how do you yeah. feel about Hartgrove? Hardgrave, Hardgrave, excuse yeah.
4: me. Oh, ooh, man, no, I love him. I was, you kidding me? He can rush. He's a beast. Man, That you can, listen, if you get him, I'm coming down Peachtree Street Jogging, celebrating with pom poms, man.
2: Mm. <laughs> man well, he's gonna, he's gonna, Chuck, he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna reset the market yeah. price. He'll be the highest paid defensive tackle yeah. in history because that's the way the thing crumbles. But he's, he's worth it. I mean, I mean, if he goes, listen,
4: at this point right now, from the way the last two years have went, you put him on our defense, he's the best player. I'm gonna leave it like that. I mean, the, the eye in the sky, the facts, the stats, and the, the work. You know, I mean, he becomes the best. D. lineman defensive player on our team. And, and arguably one of the best top three players on that Falcon team instantly. instantly.
3: Well, then that means that we'd like to. That's sign a it. yes. Yes. Yeah. Chuck, we're gonna let you roll, man. Appreciate oh, you. Yeah. Enjoy. <laughs> we get a chance to talk to you Tuesday. We'll wrap all of this up. Hey. We'll get a chance to see what everybody else is doing at the Combine here this weekend. Chuck Smith, enjoy your weekend, bro.
4: I, I need to be in is. prime time. Oh, See, I, I created God. a yeah, monster with this. You are in prime time. Yeah. You in prime renegotiate, time. I got to renegotiate my time, Bo. I need new time.
2: Right,
4: man, See, like, they're, they're like, See this man. is just,
2: I make, this happens all the time. I make an innocuous comment, and now this is going to be a thing now. They're going to be a thing.
6: Chuck, you're in the yo, biggest up, hour. Bro? Trust me.
4: Well, well, I need a little more time then, man. I need more time. <laughs> <laughs> I hey,
3: hey, hey, man, go win love, some I mean, money no, or something, all right? Yeah. Go win some money, man. Go put
2: an 11 for me on a craps table. Go it. have some fun, man. Go. All it.
3: right. That's Chuck Smith. It, hey, uh, mm. coming up, guys, this just in, felony charges dismissed against a Georgia-wide receiver. Mm. It's another story we've been talking about. We're going to tell you the latest when we come back on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game.